A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for our third route reaction of the year, La Vuelta. 2022 we're still waiting on the world champs one that will come at some point when there's actually a final profile released bizarre half announcement of the course there but this is the vuelta got released yesterday there's a live stream of it and a pretty interesting route i I love the vuelta um and you watched it benji i think was it like nautical themed because that in in the press kit which uh, you should be able to get your hands on on their website or all the routes. Javier Guillen was talking about it's like we start in Holland and then we like sail down to south and then the t- <laughs> yeah, and then we dock in Madrid. It was there like I swear there was nautical themes in the uh, the sort of route reveal. Well, I think I watched it with one eye basically because I didn't even notice a single nautical team in there. So <laughs> perhaps I just didn't watch it close enough. But <laughs> I was mainly intrigued by. Uh, well, interested in the races and the profiles we'd be getting, which climbs we'd be going on and so forth. And yeah, I think I've got a, a pretty decent first impressions of it. Do we first talk about the regions it goes to? Yeah, so it's an interesting route and some people in Costa Brava, Valencia and the Pyrenees are not going to be happy, uh, which <laughs> it's literally nowhere near, <laughs> near where I am in Andorra. So it starts in Holland. It's the Grande Power. I think this was supposed to happen in 2020. And so it's like the Hungarian Grande Partenza and the Giro. It's been delayed. 2022 is coming back. Three stages in Holland. Uh, we have a TTT in Utrecht to kick it off. Remember the TTT in 2019? I'm, I'm excited that TTTs are back. Then two flattish stages in Holland. They have to be flat. It's in Holland. So a bit of a stark contrast. And they fly down to Basque Country in Uskadi and they do literally like five, six stages across starting east in the, the right on the border in Irun. No, no, that's on the, on the eastern border and then they go progressively west all the way to Asturias and I think even the border of Castilla uh, y Leon. Then big transfer down to Alicante, so they skip all over Madrid, no Valencia, no Catalonia no Pyrenees, down to Alicante, then work their way east to west along there to across Andalusia. And then they work their way up the left-hand side, parallel with the Portuguese border, up to Madrid for the last couple of stages. So, yeah, it's basically three, three or four regions. It's Holland, Basque Country, Asturias, Andalusia, and then I guess the outskirts of Madrid. I think they call it the Extremadura of Madrid. So are you surprised any? No Pyrenees, but there are still some big high altitude climbs down south in Spain. Yes, certainly. We'll talk about it later, but we have the highest high altitude or the second highest high altitude uh, climb of the entire year when it comes to Grand Tours in this race. So that's something I am looking forward to. We've got quite a lot of uphill finishes. We've got that Team Time trial coming back, which we haven't had since the uh, 2019 Velta. So it's good to see that back, to see that kind of racing back. And I think that it's got some interesting things about it. Last year, we spoke a lot about the 20th stage in the Velta being a very good stage because we've had those medium mountain 
climbs in there that cause tactical options for teams to go from far, but also the fact that it often incentivizes people to go from further because the last climb isn't good enough. And next to that, it's pretty chaotic, those stages, as uh, shown by the fact that Sean Poussin came out of nowhere and won that stage in the end. But uh, I think we've got one or perhaps two of these in here as well, depending on how we uh, how those are raced, obviously. Uh, but we'll go over them in a second. I think I've got a pretty positive idea of the ground tour, but I think some people will be unhappy that it's not very traditional in the sense that it doesn't go above 200 kilometers any stage, I think, if I looked at it closely. Yeah, but to be honest, like some of the Welter Sprint stages last year, you know, 160K is like tough to get interest on them, uh, both during and after. So I don't know. The Welter is just different. It's supposed to be different. I think if there wants to be long mountain stages, that's the Tour de France or the Giro's responsibility. And also... Speaking of weather conditions, so Netherlands shouldn't be too hot because it was extremely hot this year in the welter in the first couple of weeks. Like I thought it was borderline dangerous. Netherlands shouldn't be too bad. Basque country, Asturias, rains half the time, which we'll talk about when we get through those routes. But Andalusia should be pretty hot, but up to Sierra Nevada, I think that might be one of the southernmost ski resorts in continental Europe. Shouldn't be too bad, even in mid-August, one would hope up there but Andalusia should be it'll still be pretty hot down there otherwise with the Vuelta when they say things Benji you see it in the press release or the the uh, route when they're like three, five flat stages and six medium mountains and me and you're looking at it like don't trust it when they say yeah. it's a flat stage we have to look at it it's usually got like a three kilometer seven percent climb in the last five kilometers <laughs> and we're like okay well groenewegen has got no chance but on groenewegen i mentioned him benji before we go to the profiles let's tease because welter is very difficult for us to know who's going it's not like tour de france we can book people in do if your bike exchange now with groenewegen and quick step with jakobsen and we think maybe cav is going to the tour to get that 35th do you send those two for the Dutch Grand, uh, Grand Depart and basically they then can stay in Holland and they don't need to go, they don't need to transfer unless they're in the leader's jersey. Would that, there's two sprint stages. Wouldn't that make sense? Yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, it would make sense, but it also depends on how their season went beforehand. I think a rider is more likely to go to the Velta if, for example, they went to the Giro or Tour and they failed to get the stage wins they wanted. So I think it depends on that. I also do believe that a bike exchange team would want their rider and a Grunewagen to go to the Tour de France as well, even though parkour-wise, it's not the best race for flat sprinters. Like, let's be honest, we spoke about it on the Tour de France preview on this channel, on this podcast channel, and in all honesty, I um, I think that Velta suits APO sprinter better based on the parkour we're going to be discussing today, and the fact that he's Dutch. I hadn't thought about that before you made it up here, so... Props on that. Didn't connect those dots, but Utrecht uh, start could definitely uh, be a, a valid argument in sending a Dutch sprinter to the Vuelta as well. So Jakobsen could indeed go for the likes of a Tour Vuelta that will Groenewegen perhaps as well, but that depends on whether they go to the Giro or not. But uh, hey, it's a team's decision to make, the rider's decision to make, and uh, we can only guess at this point. And yeah, there's other riders like Tom Dumoulin, who I don't think will be getting Tour de France leadership. Maybe he's coming into shape. He wants to ride GC again. Roglic does well at the Tour and doesn't have to go to the Vuelta to atone for his sins. Maybe <laughs> Dumoulin gets leadership at the the Dutch start. I don't know. 
But we'll get into the profiles now, my favorite bit of the root analysis. Before we do, though, mention our show partner, LaCole, who produced Performance Cycling Apparel. It's still not too late to get some Christmas gifts for the discerning cyclist in your life. And LaCole have got you covered. They have stocking fillers as well as a whole winter range if you're in the northern hemisphere as well as if you're in australia which i know or new zealand which many of you are listening they still have their summer kits available as well so if you want to check out our show partner lacole it's at www.lacole.cc Benji stage one ttt it's back 23 k's long yumbo visma people are already saying are the favorites for this utrecht utrecht absolutely no elevation but we saw Dan Bigham, we saw teased on Egan Bernal's Instagram story working with Ineos. Who do you like TTTs? I think at least one Grand Tour a year should have them, even if I know the argument against them is that the rich get richer because it supports the super teams. Yeah, it certainly does that. But on the other hand, we haven't had it since Vuelta 2019 and a Grand Tour. So that's two years and a half now where the strongest team doesn't get benefited for being the strongest team and often it doesn't even do that now i do remember that stage as being quite controversial that 2019 velta stage where we had that was it water going over the road the crash with yambo visma that was a pretty uh pretty uh crazy stage on that aspect but let's hope we have a very uh thoroughly prepared prepped team time trial by every team with a grand tour specialist at the start here and if i look at it Yumbo is a favorite for this one as well. It's indeed basically flat. I haven't checked how many corners are there in this one, though. But um, I think that with a Dutch start, with Yumbo at the start, likely the team with the best time trialists in the world. If we look at the amount of riders that can do it at that level, then I would definitely dare to say that they're the strongest on this one. But it's it's very far from this rate to already start saying that, you know? You'll remember on that TTT, it started on like some salt flats uh, and there was, yeah, like the water in that really dangerous corner. I think one of my first ever viral videos actually, Benji, and the Umbo Visma crashed and they were lucky that Roglic didn't crash out. And I think UAE crashed too uh, in 2019 and I think Aru was their leader, uh, but Pagacha, yeah. So the two crashed, but otherwise the teams that didn't crash, gap's tiny. That was a 15-minute TT, like the 10th team came – 20 19 seconds behind the first team so one through 10 19 second difference so small gaps but it is just i like ttt's because even if you don't have the most money if you think about it train it etc i don't know i think yumbo might not necessarily ride away with the ttt but and i don't think there'll be there shouldn't be huge insurmountable gaps stage two First KOM jersey is on offer. We have it's in Spanish, sort of the Alto de Amorongsberg. <laughs> Twelve hundred meters, three and a half percent. They've called it a Cat Three. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Jesus getting, Christ. They won't be getting out of the big ring for this one. So the break, there'll be a break and a fight for the points jersey. This is a sprint, Benji, um, in Utrecht, and I, I do think we'll be seeing some big Dutch sprinters and maybe Caleb Ewan and Merlier, maybe Merlier as well, Benji. I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know who's going to be there. But one thing I do want to note is that we're in the Netherlands where I don't know if we're that far from the... I think we're pretty far from the coast. So I don't think Echelons is the instant thing I think of. But on the other hand, it's the Netherlands. So it can always happen. So the days before, keep your eyes on the uh, weather 
people within cycling because they're probably going to be shouting echelons and then we'll see like a, a five minute echelon in the stage and be very happy that we saw something but disappointed that it wasn't crazy but uh every time we go to the netherlands for the grand Depart, i'm hyped because uh i start to think about the zeeland stages back in the day in the tour de france i don't think it's gonna be as crazy but you never know it might still be influential but you're right it's a flat stage so it's likely gonna be a sprint the next, the next one, same thing again. Pancake flatbread for breda. This one's slightly closer to the water. Maybe we will get to see those crosswinds. Benji. Hey, mentioned. by the way, by the way, by the way, first twenty-five kilometers. There's a small section. There's a Belgian flag on the profile. I, I actually haven't checked if it goes across the border. But if it goes to Belgium, this is the best stage of this entire Grand Tour. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it's like touching the border there. Anyway, um, maybe Benji will make the trip. Maybe not. <laughs> After stage three, which is, yeah, two sprint stages in a row for the start, uh, they fly down to the Basque Country. So there's a rest day like in the Giro between the Hungary and Sicilian stages, rest day when they transfer down. Then we have the first uphill finish, although it's a little uphill finish. I'm not sure if this is billed as a sprint stage or not. 154Ks from Vittoria Gastos to La Guardia. It has two medium mountain climbs in it but a few other smaller ones uh, two of note 5.3 k seven percent in the first 60 k's and then the up and down uh puerto de herrera not sure if it's named after uh lucha de herrera 6.6 k's 5.2 percent but the first three k's are eight percent there's some, even some descents in there 14 k or 10 k descent and then sort of a, a drag to the finish and then like sort of 1k uphill i think aaron baru is the favorite for this benji him and court <laughs> no seriously I, I agree on the court part. I yes. don't think the final climb is so – it's not like – it's not 2K 6% like Paranese that Roglic beat Laporte on. It's a bit shorter. This reminds me of the stage Aaron Baru won in Basque Country, and this is in Basque Country, the first stage there. I think he's going to be targeting this. Do you think it's break or GC? I think that this could go likely to the peloton. I'm not sure GC is the name I would be giving it. I think it is not crazy enough to have a GC standoff on the Puerto de Herrera. But I think that, like, if you look at the profile, you could say that it kind of looks like the stage where Wellens won in the Vuelta 2019, 2020, probably. But it's not hard enough throughout, I feel like, to have a team like Bike Exchange have the idea that Matthews could win this. Or a court think that it could go to EF, but then again, court could go in the breakaway and take it from the break as well. So, I don't know, it certainly looks like that kind of stage, but... It depends on what those teams do, the ones from the versatile sprinters, because if you sent Merlier to this ground tour, I don't think he's getting over these climbs nope. with the best. No, no way. Uh, th- this, Benji, if, if you all go and look, it'll be on the screen. This stage is like a mirror image of the stage uh, that Aaron Baru won in past country to the point where I'm checking yeah. it. Uh, yeah, like seriously, even the gradients on that climb, I don't think it's the same climb or finish. Maybe they're named differently, but... I think we're going to see an Astana. Uh, oh, no, he's on Movistar. Jesus. Uh, I think we, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to see Luis Leon Sanchez, Freyla if he's there, Aaron Baru attacking. Is he going to be chained for Moss? That I can't, Benji. This uh, is, no. <laughs> because as you said, GC's not interested. So if he, it's like the Soler to the Swiss stage yeah. or Romandy. If he, if he goes on the descent, yeah, I think I think we, this should be an exciting last 20 kilometers, but Aaron Baru's sort of rider's court is who I'm looking at here from the group. Stage five from Irun to Bilbao. This is 192 kilometers long, medium mountain goodness. 
it's the sort of stage, like to say, is 20 last year. We have reps of uh, the Alto de Morga, which is 8.1 case, 3.5% fake news climb. There's a dissent in it. And then they do the Alto de, del Vivero twice, 5K, 7.5%, also with some steeper sections in it. Descent of about 14K to the finish. I don't know. I'd like to see. Apparently, Avon Apollo might be going to the Vuelta Benji. Looks likely. That's what Lefebvre has said. I, I would like to see some GC action here just to test other teams out, and particularly if Pagach is there or something. Or do you think this is, again, caught from break or the group sort of territory? I think on one end, we need to think about the consequences of that team time trial already. Is a team going to be behind? Is Pogacar going to be behind on the Roglic, for example, if they both arrive at this Grand Tour? In that sense, Pogacar might need these stages to attack. And even a pool is a difficult one because you would say this parkour is great to launch a, a long attack. But on the other hand, he hasn't completed a 21-day stage race. And I'm like, perhaps he should keep it somewhat on a rested case for the initial days. But I've also seen rumors that he would go not for GCNC and would Joe would go for stages but hey uh we don't know at this point and yeah that vivero is not the craziest climb i feel like it's a bit lower than those medium mountain stages i feel like it's more uh i don't know it doesn't feel as crazy as a medium mountain stage and i don't think it will will be as influential as those that we are referring to like that stage 20 i um huh, it's he, definitely not for the sprinters she <laughs> maybe we'll see dear what about 2020 he she this is what we would have picked for him right Yes, on paper we would. I don't know. I th- I think this this will be interesting. As Benji said, the TTT will determine it. And this is maybe a, a something we see in cycling a little bit. If this was on stage twenty, we'd be saying hundred percent GC riders will try. Yeah. They have to. But time gained or lost on stage five counts the same as time gained or lost in the third week too. So if you got the team. Don't hesitate and try. Maybe Movistar Benji, Valverde's last ever uh, Vuelta Espana, allegedly. Maybe they try with Bala. I'd love to see it. It's kind of what they were doing last year. Who knows? Uh, or with that on think... because he's faster on flat sprints these days. That could be some tension next year. Yeah, <laughs> imagine Valverde having to do a lead out for Ramburu. That's not going to happen. But what uh, do you mean? That's, that's him going for the win. Is him basically doing a three hundred meter lead out, and he's like, oh, he didn't realize. He just thought he's in going the same for the way win. that Freyla did at the Spanish Championships for Ramburu, and then won himself. <laughs> True. Pure sprinters aren't making it. Stage six is the first genuine mountaintop finish, 180 k's long from Bilbao. It's called the Ascension al Pico Jano San Miguel de Aguayo. It is not up to altitude. It's from uh, just about 100 meters above sea level up to about 12, oh, 1,150. It's a stepped climb, 12.6 k's at 6.6%, but the first 7 k's are steep-ish, 7 k's at 8%. Beforehand, though, they do a couple of sort of 8.6K, 6%, you know, medium mountain, 6.2Ks, 8.7% climbs. Although, I don't know, Benji, this reminds you of Covadonga a little bit. It's a little bit easier, but, you know, Collada de Bren- Brenes, 6.2Ks and 8.7%. If a team wants to really try there, a rider could make a difference before the actual last climb. I agree. The problem is that I don't see that happening because it's the first week of a Grand Tour. I know. And... That, like, looking at this stage, I think that the creators named it a breakaway stage, and I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't think so. There's some decent valleys in the flat between the climbs. There's even, uh, because remember, Benji, remember when Stora went? 
on was it Khamonideru? And he was saying he had to do the valley road before the final climb, and he was like, "Holy yeah. shit!" He was having to do so many watts, and behind he's got like Tratnik pacing for Bahrain, and then that's why I see there's you know before the end of the climb there's like twelve k's false flat valley that's gonna if it's if the break is separated and it's one or two guys after the second last climb is going to be big advantage gc i think this is roglic territory like if you're yumbo benji surely you're like just set up roglic right on one end yes because it fits him this finish but on the other end you've got these large valleys between the climbs in the stage itself where you're like okay this might be a moment where the peloton control from a team like Yumbo might stop for a bit riders go for a bit of a break uh pissing break and while they come back it's nine minutes to the breakaway and then it's gonna be hard to catch them so it can easily change but on paper i'd say a gc day i would say so although Yumbo also you know they're allergic to the red jersey in the first couple of weeks if roglic is here <laughs> stage seven is one of the most unique stages in cycling this year 194 k's from uh camargo and then they they finish in cistierna which is on the border of asturias and castilla y leon it's got one climb in it it's 20 k's at six percent and they then just have like a false flat descent plateau at about a thousand meters for 65 kilometers there's a i think there's a castilla leon one day race a one one race this is also similar to some of the burgos stages where brown maybe won on top of the plateau but this looks like court, Benji, because the, the pure sprint is not making it over 20K, 6%. Yep. But I I think still think it's going to be a sprint, a flat sprint. You think so? I think it's a breakaway. Like, if you if you are court and Matthews, we say this every year and every court, day. Court, and then court gets the in the break. Out. Yeah, exactly. Matthews probably makes a mistake of not doing so, has bike exchange right the entire climb, then realize that they can't catch a breakaway anymore. And then court ends up winning while Craddock is... Craddock isn't right there anymore, never mind. While someone <laughs> of the team, of course, keeps pacing on the flat section. But that stuff can happen. It's uh, it's a harder climb than, for example, if you look at... There's this Giro stage that we spoke about as well in the Giro preview, uh, route preview, with they call it Inava or something. That was, I think, 80 to 90k from the top of the climb towards the finish line. A, a lighter climb as well. Here it's like 60 or so. So I feel like this is a harder one for a versatile sprinting team to control on the climb and make sure they stay close enough to the breakaway and stuff like that. They'd have to work properly to do so and then still have the energy to crawl back after the climb. I'm saying break on this one. I think so too. I think we might see a repeat of like Simmons caught that sort of breakaway again. Maybe I reckon Simmons could get over that if he's in good shape. But yeah, looking forward to that one. Next stage is stage 856Ks. This is another proper mountain stage we open up this is these are always the best stages you have to watch from the start opens up with a 7k 6.3 percent climb and then it's oh, valley. Oh, oh. yeah i know the break formation i reckon jay vine wins this stage from the break um to be honest i think it's a new a new climb it finishes on 10.3 k's eight percent but again it's got some rampas in there but it's medium mountain all day i think this is going to be like a store of vine Quickstep won't be able to go on breaks because they got Evanapol. Uh, I, I think break, Benji, because if you're the GC teams, that's a long, hard stage to control when you probably want to be keeping the ammo, keeping your riders in reserve to defend or attack in the actual final. I dare to agree because I also think that the break should be strong with that initial climb going on at the start. There should be climbers in there and the parkour has a lot of climbing areas. 
Obviously, there's always the possibility that some tactical move is made on that first climb, and you've got satellite riders going on because of that, and as a consequence, Jumbo was like, okay, we're going to have to keep on pacing because these riders are in the break. Or on the other hand, they could say, let's open it up for 15 minutes and make sure these satellite riders are basically uh, deactivated by the gap being too large, stuff like that. So uh, I'm saying break as well, but I don't think it, it'll it be as tame of a stage as, for example, a Tarame stage win this year. No, uh, no. I don't think so. I, I think it's going to be good because it gives – we could have two battles because it's still – they might let the break go and not pace the first 40Ks. Maybe there's a big fight and it doesn't go for ages, but it offers a fight in the break and GC if they want to do that. I think they can put satellite riders up the road. It should be a good stage. I'm looking forward to that finish. Stage nine. This is, I believe, before the second rest day it is, and this is before they go south. This is the first proper Rampas in Humana stage. 176Ks from Villa Vicioza to Les uh, Prairies Nava. I think they've done this climb before. It finishes yep. 4 k 2018. 4Ks, 13%. Was it Adam Yates the one on it? Yes, Simon Yates, sorry. Okay. Simon Yates won on it. 15-minute climb. Jack Haig is not going to be liking the look of this stage. Those sort of GC contenders. Roglic, Pogaccia should be fine on it. Bala should be fine on it. But yeah, 4Ks, 13%. I think it's going to be a GC day, Benji, because it should be pretty easy to control this pretty light medium mountain beforehand. It's honestly perfect for Roglic, but on the other hand, if you're Movistar and you've got Volvari at the start here, you have to. it is your... Yeah, it's your dedication by law that you have to do it here. You are just forbidden to not not pace. That sentence made zero sense. But you know what I mean. They have to go for Valverde on this one. And uh, they have to try because it's his last Felta. I know. Yeah, hopefully they've not burned out their riders beforehand on stages, which don't suit. But yeah, this is... Because I remember Bala beat Roglic on a proper Rampas in 2018 or 19 he still beat him and not you know maybe Bowers not as good as them but i think he you got to give him a chance here rest day then they go south and now instead of an intermediate inter individual time trial on the last stage of the vuelta like they had this year it's in the middle after the second rest day yep. 31 and a half k's looks pretty flat to me from elche to alicante could be windy down there but um so the wind direction might change things for some riders but yeah this is this is why I thought Dumo could be a good shout to top five or top three this this welter Benji because thirty one and a half flat case he can be putting big time here into the likes of Mikel Lander and Co. Yeah, and I I also believe that Dumoulin is better off on stages where there is not that many big mountains throughout the parkour, but a single end mountain. 100%. And as you will see throughout this entire preview podcast here. It's like that, this Vuelta, in the sense that there's not that many stages with big mountains throughout. It's always a, a bigger climb towards the end. And honestly, this time trial being in the middle, I think Moss spoke about it when it was announced that Enric Moss thought this is going to change it up a lot. Uh, it's going to make the race very different. And, and the first aspect, I'm like, okay, on one end, it's just that you will know earlier how much time you're going to be behind to have to catch up in the mountains on the better time trial as gc riders but on the other hand that's true you will know from that point onwards that that is your time trial deficit and from that point onwards we're going to see climbing parts and hilly parts where you can try and take time back or lose more time if the other riders are better so 
that's the aspect I see in that. Do you see any other consequences or other consequences where this being in the middle can change something? I mean, whether it's on stage 10 or 21, all you know is the concrete time deficit. But like, I'm sure Enric Mas and Movistar didn't think he was going to gain time back on Roglic on the stage. 20. Like they knew the Vuelta was over after stage 20. But if so, it's in the middle of a Vuelta. <laughs> oh, well, now we know that we got to try and drop Roglic <laughs> or Pogaccia. We, I mean, Mas TT was okay, to be honest. I don't know. I think... 31.5K is decent length. They've got the TTT before. It might just make, with the deficits, it'll force teams' hands to be aggressive and not delude themselves. If, a str- like if say, Dumoulin goes Benji, say Roglic doesn't go as Dumo, which I think would be great for the welter, and then he's much more vulnerable. If you're Movistar, it goes without saying you'd rather be trying to attack Dumoulin in these in the following stages than a Roglic uh, if, if he's got like a two, three-minute TT gap, probably more on you. So I think it's good in the middle. Stage 11, this is the first sprint stage, even though it does have some rolling climbs, 194Ks since first sprint stage since uh, the Netherlands, I think. It's from El Pozo Alimentación to Cabo de Gata and... Yeah, I just I think Philipson sort of guy really suits him, Benji. Uh, and if Jakobsen and Gronewegen and Co aren't there, so that's. Do you think it's a sprint, or you think it's you know five hour stage, four hour stage? Maybe teams can't be bothered to chase with some of those rolling climbs. It's a sprint, I believe. Sprint. And uh, next to that, the first thing I thought was El Pozo. I think that's a food industry uh, company. So I'm not sure what that means. That initial word where they're starting? Are they starting at a factory or what? Well, yeah, alimentación is is uh, food. Yeah, maybe we'll check. We'll come come back. We'll do some journalistic research and see. They what go that through is. the drive through. <laughs> Possible. Next stage twelve hundred ninety five k's. This is as close as we're going to get to a Unipuerto stage. We have no categorized climbs, and then we have nineteen point eight k's. Six point four percent looks pretty steady to me, although maybe a little bit steeper at the end. It starts from sea level. Peñas Blancas, Estepona climb. We should see, if, if the teams go for it here, we could see the some really big 30-minute watt per kilo times because it's easy stage before, from sea level, consistent gradient. Yeah, this could be really, really fast. Uh, I think this has got to be GC, Benji. My only issue here is that there's so much flat before that climb where I'm like, who the hell will want to try and control this bloody stage? Because if it's short and it's got plenty of hills beforehand, I'm like, okay, there's probably going to be a team that is riding at the front of the peloton, trying to keep their riders safe in the sense, already at the front, and will end up riding a bit on the climbs as well as a consequence. But for these flat parts, I'm like, okay, I don't know. So I'm saying, yeah, well, I'm saying he's going to the break. Why not Movistar? I bet you they'll pace it, Benji. I bet you. Because Roglic will be... No, Dumoulin will be in red. Movistar want to hit him with with Bala and Enric Mas. And yeah, yeah, I think... And Pogacar doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) No. What about Avonapol? I think this is is why they're sending him to the Vuelta because this sort of stage... They don't know that yet. (laughs) I'm telling you. They didn't know that. I think this sort of stage suits him. It reminds me of the Picon Blanco stage, a little bit lower gradient. Mm-hmm. I think rather than high mountains, as you said, all day, every day. But yeah, I think Unipuerto could see some nuclear times there. Uh, and I've also heard maybe maybe Padun is at the Welter Benji um, and Jay Vine and Co. Ooh. Maybe. 
Good sequence of break action, as you said. 170 Ks for the next stage, 13 from Ronda to uh, Montilla. This is billed as a sprint, but it's uphill to finish. So I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe, like, if you've got a pure sprinter, should Sagan go to the world to Benji? I don't know, man. Like, I don't think it's worth it for this stage alone. And Total is likely not going to receive a a uh, wild card for the Vuelta, I would dare to guess, because there's so many Spanish Pro Conti teams. So uh, I don't think Sagan's at the Vuelta. But uh, this kind of stage, yeah, it, it looks like the kind of stage where Philipson can win. Um, True. But in all honesty, Ackerman? Ackerman? is slightly uphill. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, they've also got Hodge there in that team. Who the hell are Rano. they going to send with, with Grand Tour? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and Gavidia? <laughs> I reckon send all four and just maybe just be like, okay, if we send four, one of, them won't, one of them won't drop. Yeah, <laughs> I think Aaron Brew wins an uphill sprint again against Magnus Court. Um, next stage 14, 161Ks. Again, a fairly easy day before a stepped finish. This is one that, again, Movistar should be looking for Bala to try something. They finish on the Sierra de la Pandera. It doesn't go up, doesn't touch 2,000 meters, up to like 1,820 and it's a stepped climb. And I think we'll see a group finish from the GC group here. Like it's 10Ks, 5.5%, little respite, 8.5Ks, 7.6%. Definitely something for Bahrain to try something with Mikelanda Haig and maybe Gino Major if they're all there. But yeah, I see GC group here, Benji, and maybe GC, maybe break. But I don't see huge gaps on this stage at all. Yeah, I don't see too many huge gaps on this one either. I feel like... Uh... It's such a fake news climb, really, if you count both these last two climbs together and you've got that flat section in the middle. It looks much more crazy because there's just two climbs in a row, basically. But um, I don't know, man. Like, there's hills beforehand as well, but it's also like, who is going to control a stage like this? Movistar again, because Movistar is Movistar and they control everything. But (laughs) I don't know. It's, It's not the craziest climb. It's closing it's getting close to the 2k altitude which is interesting but it's not across it yet so it's not like the next stage who i'll let you speak about i think if any of us have adam yates like say any of us send adam yates to the vuelta or bernal i think yates definitely can is good enough that any of us can try and pace particularly if he's going against someone like you know the mother stars and uh, Dumoulin rather than the Roglic of the world. But the next stage is the last stage before the last rest day, stage 15, shorter one from Martos to Sierra Nevada. This is high altitude, 150Ks. We have rolling 100Ks, then a 9K, 7.5% little warm-up climb, then the 19.5K, 8% climb to 2,510 meters. The first 4.6Ks are at 11% of this climb then it gets a bit more regular the first 7.5 k's are at 10 percent this is the hard climb to sierra nevada lopez won this on this finish in 2017 when he won two stages in la vuelta apparently he's not going to the vuelta apparently he's doing zero to a double i disagree uh, i think it's wrong <laughs> yeah thought so you do to a vuelta double but this is that's high altitude, Benji. Particularly like Bala. I know Bala's actually. I think he has one high altitude back in like two thousand and four or five, the big stage. Uh, but <laughs> GC Coos, 
I think Coos wins this. <laughs> GC Kuzarides with Tom Dumoulin and Red and Roglic there. Mate, because Coos he lost his uh, to the France, for example. Uh, <laughs> he can't, though, if it's his teammate. Like, honestly, these losses stage are a copy paste of 2017. You're right in that, because stage 14 was also finishing on a Sierra de la Pandera, uh, which actually went to the breakaway then with Micah. So that's an intriguing uh, aspect there. But you're right, Sierra Nevada now. It's also not the craziest climb. Let's agree on that. I I vaguely recall there being a Sierra Nevada section where you could end next to an observatory or something a bit higher. Would have been crazy if it was that finish, but it's just a Sierra Nevada finish. But with 2.5k altitude, it should still be fun. You think that the Colombians will have the upper hand on this one? Chavez. I reckon Chavez, if he targets this and he... He can do damage, particularly with no Lopez. You looked at Chavez in Catalonia stage to uh, – which one did he win? Balte? No, that was Adam Yates. Uh, he won Portenay, I think. Maybe I'm getting the two confused uh, near me in Catalonia. But he he's a big chance for this. He's on EF now. EF love to target stages because they're quite smart. And this could be <laughs> a big big chance for him. And maybe Padun, Benji. Like Padun – up to 2,100 to La Plana in Dauphiné was fine. I don't know. But uh, this should be, as Benji said, though, the, the 4K is 11% is at the start where it's like below 1,500. If that was at the end, then Chavez, Lopez, sort of rather would be close to unbeatable. But maybe, Benji, if Bernal goes to the Volta, this is where they try, right? Like his Israel performance was huge in 2019. This is where Ineos would try something. Yeah, I dare to agree. And the thing is, like, the question there lies in will he do a, a Tour of Vuelta double? But you're right that he would fit on this parkour. Or do we expect Carapaz to show up after a Giro Vuelta double, for example? Because uh, well, I'd argue... What's, Danny or Danny Martinez. Martinez. Yeah, but I feel like he's folded a bit more into a domestique role. I don't know. I feel like, it dep- again, the Vuelta is so hard to know because it's so dependent on how the year has gone before it. Yeah. But like maybe Danny Felipe Martinez gets given co-leadership at the Vuelta, in which case he'd be looking at eyeing up this climb as well. Uh, the next, so they have a rest day after that, and we'll, there'll be some pretty big gaps on GC before stage 16, which is billed as a sprint. I think it should be a sprint, 190Ks uh, from San Lucar to Tomares. And yeah, that's all I have to say. should be a sprint uh, for... Whoever's still there, whichever sprinters, <laughs> whichever sprinters are grinding it out. Uh, next yes. stage from Aracena, this is stage 17, to Monastero, Monasterio de Tentudia. 160Ks, again, a bit of a fake news climb, Benji, where I don't see huge gaps. I think this is break because yeah. a lot, it's it's like uncategorized rolling medium, light medium mountain all day and then like a 9K 5% finish, which has like a flatter section in it. Surely... No one's going to be interested in pacing this. And this is the Stora-style stage that we saw this year, right? Yeah, I believe it's a it's a breakaway, certainly. And I think that that last climb will be hard enough to make sure that it's a solo winner. So I don't expect us to see a, a three-up sprint at the end of that hill, for example. I think it's actually going to be a, a solo winner taking this home. And it's going to be from the breakaway. And according to uh, the people writing in... Uh, Spanish media. This is supposedly in a in a heated area, so weather wise, this should be a hot stage. David Guru against Mark Soler, round two, I think, will be on this stage. 
um, I think this is the sort of stage Guru can clean. I think he should, if you listen to our FTJ preview, hopefully he targets this sort of stage because he's difficult to beat uphill. Next stage has to be GC action, stage 18, 190Ks to Alto del Piornal, starting in Trujillo. It is sort of rolling climbs before they do like 4Ks, 8.6% with 110Ks done. Then they do a Cat 1, 14Ks, 5%, which when you look at sort of Verona and Co for Movistar, they can still get over that sort of climb. And then they finish on 13.3Ks, 5.6%. This is why I keep saying Dumoulin, Benji, because... <laughs> we're not seeing the there's no outdoor it was Bella Fique more difficult than this like we're not seeing the Harmoniteru 10% for 14Ks 13Ks 5.6% is very manageable from sea levels for those sort of riders for Avonapol for Dumoulin yeah I agree but it's not like we have that in the Tour de France either you know so we're saying Dumoulin could go to the Tour and the Vuelta in that aspect parkour wise but Roglic will obviously be leader at the Tour de France does that mean he... I think everything depends... We're saying Dumoulin, but everything depends on whether Roglic wins the Tour or not. <laughs> like It's okay, as gotcha. simple as that. Because if Roglic wins the Tour, then he's, in my eyes, perhaps not going to the Vuelta, even though he could like put that record in, I think. Uh, the record of that many Vuelta wins in a row uh, would be an actual record, I think. But does he care about that after he wins the tour? It's all those questions that we don't know anything about, but I also believe that this is a GC stage. It's actually in the region where we had that Pico Viarca stage last year where Jay Vina crashed, so let's hope that doesn't happen on this stage. Um, but yeah, it's also got the uh, climb before that can be used as a attack mechanism for people that need to gain more time uh, throughout this sparkle. It's not an initial climb where you can send satellite riders up the road, I think. So I think, uh, I don't know, it's still hilly at the start. So there's still that option. But I don't know, I think it's I think it's GC. Do you think that this fits as the first of perhaps two of these proper medium mountain climbing stages like the stage 20 of last year? I don't or see GC enough? here. I don't see big gap. I see this as the Micah Caruso long solo win like this year where from the break there'll be some good climbers like those two and 13.3 k's 5.6 percent from sea level i just don't see i'm expecting a group to be honest uh, i think the level is quite tight and even roglic and pagacha on those sort of gradients that's yeah i just yeah i think right. this stage will be break but maybe even the next stage too stage seven oh, 19 this is a medium mountain one. I can't find the LFR profile. It's really short, 132Ks, finishing in Talavera de la Reina. It is got two cat two climbs, the same climb. Well, sorry, two climbs, same climb. Puerto del uh, Pilago. I'm not sure the exact gradients. It's a bit up and down. This is where I more see a raid possible, Benji, from the start. Like this reminds me of Basque Country Stage 6 a little bit, but not hard enough. I think it's just missing another climb or a, a finish uphill. What do you think? I agree on that. It's missing something, and therefore it's very diff difficult for us to indicate whether it's going to be a raid or not. There's an option here to do so. The flat section in between the two climbs is roughly 15 to 20 kilometers, so that's still pretty long. And it's not like the descent is fully descending. It's got a proper descent for the initial, I don't know, 15, 10 kilometers of descending, and then it's kind of a false flat downhill, some flat sections in between before you get to the flattest part of this uh, 
of this section in between the climbs. And yeah, it's still a long flat section in between. And you've got the same at the finish line. If you cross the last climb, you've got that same descent, which is a bit meh. And then still 10-ish, 15 kilometers of flatness afterwards that you need to take care of. This could as easily go to the breakaway as it could become a raid, depending on what the GC looks like before this stage. But we're seeing this on a Friday and we've got, honestly, the Saturday being a great option to try and pull more stuff off than on this 19th stage. Perhaps they won't do it two days in a row and as a consequence might not risk it on a stage like this. I think this is break win with some climby sprinty boys fighting it out. That's how I see this because, as Benji said, the Saturday stage is proper raid territory, 176Ks from Marozarzal to Puerto de Navacerrada. It is like out the gate in the first 30Ks, they do a 10.5K, 6.5% climb, then a valley then 10Ks, 5.4%, then 7Ks, 5%, straight into 9Ks, 7%, descent, short valley, then 10Ks, 6%, followed by a 6K plateau, flat plateau to finish up to uh, about 18.50. I'd be so disappointed if this finishes in a GC group sprint on the flat benji i think it'd be a real shame i think teams have to look you look at this you look at what bahrain did on stage 20 has this has to be lit up on uh the at least the second to last climb benji 9k 7 I, I think we could see fireworks here it's a great design yeah i agree i think it's a great design as well there's enough climbs to do action of i would have liked a bit more climbing in between the first and the second climb there's like We've got the first climb being just into the stage, but then there's like this 20-ish, 25-kilometer flat section with some uphill and downhill in there, but nothing too crazy. And that's always the moment where I'm like, ooh, that's a scary moment if you want to try and incentivize people to already battle on the first stage for the breakaway. Is the break going to get much time? It's not likely happening. And I think that they're already going to start basing a bit on that um, fourth last climb. Uh, and like you said, Mortuera, definitely the last one to attack on because if you wait until the Puerto de Nava Serrada, which is the last climb, which is not steep at all or not crazy at all, then you're going to be too late. You can't make much difference on a climb like that. So it has to happen on the second or third last climb. The third might be too short to do it on. So the second last climb is the one I'm looking at. But it all depends on how much time people need to take up because if they're a minute behind the leader, they're likely going to be fighting for the top three and not for the first spot anymore on a stage like this, I'd say. Uh, it depends. Like we saw, like yeah. Lopez lost four minutes. You can, if you, right. if you get satellite riders up the road, which is, I would suggest sending guys in the on the first climb in the first 30Ks and then letting that break establish itself in the valley before the, the rest of the action of the stage. I think this could be a cracker. I can't wait to see it on a, on a sort of final Saturday of the Vuelta. And then, the last stage is the sprint stage, 100Ks. Ackerman's won this stage before, I think. Um, so whichever sprinters have made it this far, they get a big reward in Madrid uh, at the finish of the Vuelta. So the results will be decided after stage 20. Now, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty good parkour, Benji. Now, few sprints like we're expecting, but I, I think there'll be more GC uphill group finishes now. There's not that many Rampas in Humanas finishes, are there? There's Only one. Just, just the one, unless we're misreading it. So You're right. 
And is there anything, remember this year, this year did they have like a 3K 12% climb just in the middle of one stage randomly? Yeah, I think it was on that <laughs> Pico Viacas uh, uh, stage actually. A lot of climbing, a bit of altitude, which I like to see, pretty good welter route. I'm excited. There's a lot of opportunities for strong teams to try something and it shouldn't just be like a Moneteru and stuff, just the Wapakilo test. Um whereas the medium mountains offer teams and other riders the ability to do something different. What are you, are you happy with the parkour, Benji? Because I'm quite high on it. I'm happy with the parkour. I think one thing that is missing is the kind of mountain stage that you often see in the Giro that I love, which is a bigger mountain followed by a smaller mountain near the finish line where action could happen on the second last climb and then people are incentivized to attack two climbs from the finish. Now we've got plenty of these stages with... Honestly, the climb before the last climb being there, but the last climb is too big to go on the climb before. And that's, for example, on that Sierra Nevada stage. I think they're going to wait until the Sierra Nevada climb, to be honest. And then looking at Sierra La Bandera, one climb at the end, basically. We've got Peña Blanca's one climb at the end, basically. So there's not that much that incentivizes people to go from further unless you look at the last three stages, which is like, is that too late? I know. I, I feel like you, if you're two minutes behind and you haven't really tried too much, you're leaving a lot on the line on that stage 20, hoping you can get a split like this yeah. year. But um, yeah, I think, as you said, if you don't come within 500 kilometers of Catalonia or the Pyrenees, it's hard to string back to back 30, 40 minute climbs together. Yeah. And so that's why we see a route which I think. Even a pole, it should suit him as you know. They, I don't think Quickstep, they couldn't be any happier if, if they do want to send him to this welter with a TTT, a 30k flat ITT, and not too much like heavy Giro style mountain duties. Uh, Dela Cruz will be going. Who do you think it suits the most on Ineos, Benji? Obviously, like, listen, it suits Roglic. Roglic and Pagacci would be favorites. Like, you don't need to come here to be told that analysis, but who on Ineos, Benji? Do you think it suits the most? Whew, that's a very good question. I think that... Hmm. I think Carapaz. I was stretching to that as well, but on the other hand, I also think that it's not too bad for a Bernal eater. But, like, having seen all three Grand Tours, which of the one, which of the three fits Adam Yates the best? Because I've got the feeling it's a Giro, which is weird to say. Probably... I reckon the tour is fine. I would send. Thing is, I don't. I don't think we'll see Bernal Yates again. I would. I'd go Carapaz Giro. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If he goes to the Giro, he goes to the Vuelta. You kind of know that because he's likely to ride two Grand Tours in a season. I think Carapaz Bernal, Danny Martinez, Freyla, and Co is the best combo for this for this race. And Freyla definitely involved. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where Yates fits in with these guys, Benji. Maybe you just send him as well and try and make things all work. But that's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, which might not might not work. Like we saw in Velasquez. Send him to the tour of Britain. <laughs> well, no, see, maybe we maybe Adam. Ugh, I'm saying it, it sounds ridiculous when I say it, but Adam Yates second at UAE, one Catalonia, fourth at Basque. Like he, he is easily top five best one week racer in the world. Maybe that that's probably underrating him, but just conservatively. Top, top one-week racer. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just go one weeks with him. I don't know. Um, uh, he has to go why to Why do you one. say Giro suits him? 
because it's got less time trial kilometers. Well, then again, it's time trials aren't really terrible either. But I also feel like the high mountains, I'm scared for him. Sierra Nevada. Oh, I think yeah. he's fine. I yeah. think he's fine. Yeah. Volta, okay, that's not high, high. That's like up to 2,200. He cleaned everyone there. Um, Are these medium mountain stages too tactical for him? Are you referring to him not attacking Hague properly in stage 20 and throwing third on the welter this year? <laughs> I wouldn't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it suits Gino Mater a lot, this this parkour. But in terms of Ineos, I don't know. I don't I, Unless they can find a way for Yates, Carapaz and Bernal to all work together. The problem with those guys is great for a medium mountain raid, great for high mountains. problem is the TT. But maybe the team time trial Benji, they can get a bit of an advantage on Movistar with, um, you know, because it's a team time trial with the big engines they'll have in the team. I don't know. What about Koos? I reckon Sepp Koos. I reckon he top fives this world, though. <laughs> it's always possible. It depends on who's at easily. the start line, I dare to say. <laughs> I don't think it's easily the case. Yep. I reckon he top fives it. Mikel Landa as well, Benji. He was at the root reveal. What? How do you feel for him? I think he's going to be better than 2021 because uh, it can't be much worse than 2021. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it, I, felt, I felt quite funny when they were asking him about, oh, how do you think this stage is going to end? Do you think it's going to be for the break where the mountain stages, uh, stuff like that? They were asking him stuff about the initial week of this Grand Tour. And how is Landa supposed to know at this point, what's going to happen in the first week of this Vuelta on stages where it just looks like it's kind of in between of a GC and a, and a breakaway stage. And yeah, it's it's interesting. And in hindsight, I don't know. I feel like he's going to make a comeback, but I don't believe that he's going to podium a Grand Tour, for example. I think that, I don't know. It's very difficult to say. He's in Bahrain. They've got Mater. They've got Haig. They've got... Mater and Hake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guys who came third and fifth in this year's welter and look pretty good. So they'll also have Luis Leon Sanchez coming over. But is so the Giro he... not better for Lando? But then again, can he do the double? No, no, he has to do this year, of course. He has to do this year. It's got 17Ks TT. They made it for him. Like, it was his special <laughs> order. And then he said, How, yeah, special livery for Mika Lando. You don't need to use your TT bike over Christmas. Um, what a present. So... I don't know. Well, I can't wait to see it, uh, but I think it suits Carapaz quite a bit, and I, I think maybe even Carapaz does the Giro, Vuelta wins both. But that was our Vuelta recap. Thanks to Benji for going through and uh, looking at the, the presentation for us, and thanks for listening. If you want to support the show, you can check out our show partner, LaCole, at www.lacole.cc or give us a review or a rating on podcast plays if that's where you listen or subscribe to the youtube channel we're kind of trying to get to twenty one thousand subscribers and bump up to that milestone but otherwise we'll stay tuned for the world champs preview or reaction when we actually get a final parkour uh, but not holding my breath for that particularly given that they seem to think the route suits caleb ewan which i don't know i don't know what they're smoking down there <laughs> but we'll, we'll hold our reactions for then until then ciao 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 